Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host, your happy, happy, happy host, because it is Friday and the weekend is here. And boy, do I need it. I mean, I need the weekend. This Kyrie Irving, Kanye West conversation has worn me out. I, I'm, I'm blown away at the people that don't get, don't recognize, won't confront uh, what is going on uh, with Kyrie Irving and Kanye West and how dissent is being silenced. Uh, yesterday, I went on a 90-minute rant about it. Uh, today, I'm going to bring in some of our fearless soldiers, Steve Kim, Delano Squire, Shamika Michelle, Royce White, and let them fan some of the flames I started yesterday. Let them give their take on what's going on with Kyrie Irving. The man has been uh, suspended for five games by the Brooklyn Nets. I'm looking at people all across the corporate media space defend this suspension for a man tweeting out a graphic. He didn't put a word to it. He just tweeted out a graphic. He's being suspended five games without pay. And we're good with this. We're good with this. Nobody or virtually nobody is standing up and objecting. So I'm going to lean into the fearless soldier. I'm going to lean into you. I want your feedback. I want you in the chat. I want you on YouTube, leaving your comments. I'll be in the chat conversing with you. Uh, we're going to go into the weekend talking about this Kyrie Irving situation. And as you guys have noticed, uh, <laughs> the you, you know what they had to do to cheer me up? They had to cook some good ranchers for me uh, all day today, and I've been eating, and I've, I'm sitting here stuffed. I need a nap. I feel like it's been Thanksgiving because I've been eating all this good ranchers, uh, Wagyu, uh, <laughs> hamburger, and all day today. It has been awesome. Oh, I'm sorry, Wagyu beef. I'm sorry. That's made. It's been awesome. You got, I don't eat bread. I quit eating bread, so I. I they made me this hamburger sandwich, but I don't eat bread anymore. I have been killing. We had the, the Wagyu steak burgers. We had just the, the Wagyu beef. Absolutely love it. And Good Ranchers has a holiday feast for all of you. When our waist get bigger and our wallets get smaller, the season when most companies want you to spend all of your money, but not good ranchers. They want to help you save in the season of spending. Hallelujah. Beef prices are estimated to increase another 20% in early 2023 and continuing the largest price spike in meat <coughs> in U.S. history. I love this stuff. I'm telling I love it. Good ranchers is letting you lock in your price on all the meat you buy this November when you subscribe during their Black Friday savings with my code FEARLESS. You can get their exclusive Black Friday offer of two free Black Angus New York strip steaks. These are, these are two 12-ounce steakhouse quality cuts that will be absolutely blow you away with flavor. And you can get them for free at GoodRanchers.com FEARLESS. You'll inflation-proof your meat budget. Get $70 of free USDA choice steaks and save an additional $25 on every box when you subscribe. 
Thousands of five-star reviews show why so many people are ditching the high prices and low quality of their grocery store for Good Ranchers. Instead, treat yourself or someone you love to Good Ranchers' award-winning service and quality this holiday season. Remember to visit GoodRanchers.com fearless or use my promo code at checkout, fearless. To grab their best offer of the year, Black Angus is one of the premier breeds of cattle for high-quality beef, so don't have a normal Black Friday this year. Have yourself a Black Angus Black Friday with two free steaks from Good Ranchers. American meat delivered. I'm going to take one more bite, and then I'm going to ask Christian, take this away from me. I've had enough. Um, I've, had, I've been eating this all day. I love a good burger. I wish I ate bread. <laughs> I wish I ate bread still. I'd love to have a hamburger. This is better than McDonald's. Alright. Get out of here. Come get it. Email Cameron. Call up Steve Kim. Bring Steve Kim into the conversation. The Korean Cosell. Cosell. I'm sitting here blown away watching people's reaction to Kyrie Irving getting suspended for five games. I want to play you some clips of Stephen A. Smith and other people talking about this. Get your reaction. But five-game suspension for a tweet that had no words? Uh, is this five-game suspension remotely justified? No, it's not, but it's it's uh, not all that surprising. I mean, we've talked about what is the approved messaging or messages that people can state, whether it's the athletes or the media. Um, I think there's a realization from all the players that, you know, they say that they're more than an athlete, but if you're going to really be that, you have to be able to sacrifice something and uh, quite quickly – Kyrie back down and I'm not saying I necessarily blame him it is his money it is his profession but if you're going to be someone that wants to be taken seriously as any type of intellectual you have to be willing to take a stand and his stand didn't last very long uh, but uh, there's a part of me that feels bad for him but at the same time I think he had to have an understanding that what he tweeted whether you agree or disagree with him was going to cause some sort of Outrage, selective outrage, if you want to call it that. Um, and, and quite frankly, when the heat got hot, he got out of the kitchen. Steve, I want to ask this question because it's related to how you and I connected. I'm not sure if he realized this was going to be a big deal. <laughs> and I say that because when I tweeted my stupid Jeremy Lin tweet, which was wrong, uh, I, I've admitted that and I stand by it was wrong. But I was not thinking it was going to be a big deal. I thought it was going to make people laugh. And so, and you know, I was older than Kyrie at that time. I was probably 37, 38, I can't remember. Uh, but but I, I'm not sure if he knew this was going to be a big deal. He, he, he tweeted out a graphic <clears throat> of a movie, a documentary that's on Amazon. He didn't put it here. This is the greatest thing ever. Boy, this really puts the Jews on blast. None of that. He just tweeted out the image. I, I'm not sure if he thought this would be a big deal. You know, there's the difference. I remember that joke, and that was during the height of Lynn Sandy. And, and by the way, they made a documentary on it that was just maddening to me. Maybe we'll talk about that some other time. But there's a difference, though. You made a crack based on something that was happening on the court. It was kind of a phenomenon. 
and then you attempted humor. I actually did not find any offense in it. It is what it is. We don't, I personally don't take those things to heart. The difference here is he piggybacked off of Kanye or, or the Ye now. So Ye has now become the ultimate lightning rod in the whole world. He has gone beyond sports. He's beyond entertainment, beyond pop culture. Right now, Ye is probably, I don't want to say the most popular human being in the world. He's probably the most talked about. So when you piggyback off of that, and so in that message, whatever it is, dovetails, I, I'd like to think Kyrie's a little bit more intelligent than that. I, I'm just telling you, because think about it. If Ye doesn't make, and let's say the, uh, the, the, the actions of Mr. West did not happen. Let's just say the biggest controversy or story regarding him was that rocky marriage with Kim Kardashian. Does he ever really put that link out? I think we'd be naive to think that he wouldn't or would. I get your point, I, but I, I get Kyrie's probably, you're right, it, it is probably related to Kanye, and he's like, there's a lot of conversation going on about the relationship between black celebrities and, and some of their Jewish business partners, and, and it's probably a conversation Kyrie's been engaging in, particularly black Hebrew, Hebrew Israelite, he's probably engaging in it, but when you put that out with no comment, and, and basically you're just saying this exists and you know this exists and I find it interesting I, I, I just I, I, I don't know if he thought he was courting danger when he didn't take the vaccine yeah. he knows he's courting danger uh, this here I, I could I could see in my mind even with the Kanye stuff going on this is not I, I could almost see myself if I had seen that documentary, thought it was interesting, and even though I may have disagreed with parts of it, I, I could see myself retweeting it and saying, you know, there's some BS in here, but there's also some interesting stuff. Now, I could, in my 75 minutes, I couldn't find the interesting stuff, <laughs> but, but I guess I could just see myself making that mistake. Well, I, I guess there's a lesson to all of us mistake. on social media. On your bio, make sure you put RTs are not an endorsement because I've seen that in a lot of uh, personalities that have the blue check. But yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I am still maddened by the fact that the actual host of that documentary who's giving it a platform and, and theoretically profiting off of it is not getting any heat. You want to talk about killing the messenger or the tweeter but again, this is where we have like these very, very unfortunate, inconvenient ties. Amazon is a platform that many people use. And now I guess they're into the sports realm. We see the Thursday night package in the National Football League. They are certainly going to be bidding on other sports properties. So you cannot bite the hand that might pay you. But I have a question for all these people who are outraged by Kanye or, or excuse me, by Kyrie Irving. I respect that. You are allowed to feel that way. I'm not here to debate that. But if you are so outraged by what he did and his particular comments, that is certainly your right. I have a question, though. Will you stop using Amazon in any form or fashion? Or is that just a part of your life that you skate? Again, they are the ones hosting it. They are the platform that is giving it uh, a place to live. And again, I'm going to say this again, they are profiting from that production. 
And Amazon was Jeff Bezos's baby. I'm going to tie this all together. Jeff Bezos has, you know, exited Amazon as its CEO and is now interested in buying the Washington Commanders. Mm. Uh, <laughs> what a coincidence. And, and, and again, I've been saying this forever, like this uh, witch hunt to run out Daniel Snyder. All of it's orchestrated. Daniel Snyder's skeletons aren't any worse than anybody else's skeletons uh, in the NFL. But th this is why I did for a while like the TV show Billions, because it would show you the games that billionaires played on each other to yeah. acquire the things that they were interested in. And I, I could see, because the fact that Amazon's taking no heat here, none over hosting this deal, and, and just so happens Jeff Bezos, who made most of his fortune uh, through Amazon, is trying to buy the Washington Commanders. What a coincidence. <laughs> and and it, it, it's this all, I'm just saying, I just think all of it is connected. And again, they'll call, I got a tinfoil hat on, I'm a conspiracy nut. I'm, you know, my thoughts are illegal, I'm sure, as, as well. But he, here's my other take, Steve, that I want your opinion on. The NBA PA, the Players Association, their union. They've said nothing. Kyrie Irving is getting suspended for five games, unpaid. They're reaching into this man's pocket and taking a million or two dollars from him, I think. If, if it goes five games, I don't know what he gets paid per game, but it, it's probably a significant amount. The probably guy makes $30, $40 million a year. No telling what he gets paid per game. And, and their union has said nothing. The, the, they got this Tamika... Tramilico or whatever is the executive director. They've got some Yas Queen female director of, of their union and they're weak. They're bending over, rolling over as one of their members gets steamrolled. There's no unity in the NBA. There's no union in the NBA. There's a bunch of sheep being led around. This is this, this, I'm, I'm just these guys are too young and they make too much money. They have no common sense. They have no backbone. Uh, there's just no way any union should be allowing one of its members, one of its employees to get treated the way Kanye is without uttering a word in his defense. Jason, I'm gonna say something very unpopular and this goes with what you say about the DIE agenda. In a league that is largely known as a black league, right? And it's participants and the players and the stars and the people that we come to watch, which are the players. They're about what? At least 75, 80% black. And certainly the stars are overwhelmingly black, right? For the most part, at least for the past 40, 50 years that I've watched the NBA. That union head, in my view, I'd want it to be a masculine black man, just like Gene Upshaw was. And I'm not saying that Gene Upshaw was perfect, but I do not see how a woman of this nature can possibly lead men and understand what players are going through and their own interests. Okay. But I think the players have found out something, no matter how much money you make, you are still an employee. But I think there's a larger picture here. Number one, this, the suspension wasn't just about Kyrie. That was telling every other guy, you stay in line. These are the talking points. These are approved. This is the agenda. You stick to the script. Do not go off script or this is gonna to happen to you. And the fact that this woman has just laid down, has not raised a peep, 
I would be maddened. I would actually have some conversations with my fellow players saying, wait a minute, guys, um, are we that under the thumb uh, of the of the association and the mainstream media that we are going to be emasculated to this degree? Because if it can happen to Kyrie, it can happen to anyone in theory. So I, I think that's very interesting. I think the players have to learn something here, that if you're going to be an activist and if you want to be outspoken, which is certainly your choice not to be, you better have your ducks in order in terms of financially being able to survive the blows because that's going to be one of the sanctions off the bat. They're going to try to take your money. They're going to try to suspend you. Number two, you got to have some guts. That's a large part of it. Number three, you better create your own businesses. You better create your own commerce away from the sport and insulate yourself from such restrictions as a suspension. And I don't know how many guys actually save or think about the next chapter in their lives, but this is tough. Being outspoken, being an activist, trying to be someone like a Kyrie Irving, or he thought he was this was going to be pretty easy. I guess he found out. You better have a real plan that is layered. Yeah, I guess he he effed around and found out. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I I feel sorry for the guy. He's he's surrounded by a group of cowards. Uh, won't get in the foxhole with him. I get why, and I see you're bothered by him finally issuing an apology in writing, but he's just looking around. He's got no support. I'm not, no, I, you know, I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. I, I'm actually not. I actually have some empathy for him, even though, look again, I've always said, we don't have to agree on every single thing that a person does or says. There are certain stances of Kyrie, I'm right with them. There are other issues where I'm diametrically opposed, but we have to get over this thing that we have to agree on every single thing that a person believes. But I do believe that there should be a freedom of thought and at least a freedom of discussion. And, you know, we we're talking about Muhammad Ali, or supposed to talk about it earlier this week. The reason why Ali could be Ali to a certain degree is that at least back then, when he made the move from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali and aligned himself with the Nation of Islam, which was a just a group that was a pariah to the General Society of America. And then obviously, the situation with the draft and the military, and he was forced to sit out three and a half, four years. Now, here's the difference, I, I think. Back then, there was a division in the media where there were certain writers like Jimmy Cannon and Red Smith, who I believe were staunchly opposed to Ali and his stance. They were. That's their right. But there were many other media members, like my friend Larry Merchant, who said, no, 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 wait a minute, I'm kind of on his side. So at least you had an opportunity to have a real discussion and a debate. Nowadays, the media, especially the guys in the traditional mainstream media, they are, I guarantee you there are probably at least a few writers or television personalities that secretly are saying, well, wait a minute, this is kind of wrong. It seems heavy handed. It seems very punitive. They won't dare say it because if they even put out one tweet saying, wait a minute, isn't this a little extreme? their editors or their overlords would really, I mean, literally off the bat, keep them in line. Let me give one guy a little credit, give you an opportunity to. Jay Williams over ah. at ESPN actually had a, offered up a bit of a defense. I believe this was on Wednesday uh, for Kyrie Irving. Let's take a look. Watch the entire film. Mm -hmm. I watched the entire thing. There's a lot of things in the film I disagree with. The curiosity nature of it is interesting. But I will say this, 
where is that same attention and energy for the platform that is promoting it and profiting off of it? I don't hear any of that talk around Jeff Bezos and Amazon. I don't, I don't hear anybody talking about that. Mm. I hear everybody skewing their anger towards Kyrie for taking a picture of it and tweeting about it. Now, there deserves to be more context there from Kyrie. I think where Kyrie lost a lot of people is the unwillingness to go to the podium and expound upon the points that he learned from watching this. Right. Right. And actually coming out and say, I don't stand about calling Jewish people the devil. Right. And there was a lot of misinformation, but this is my main point from watching this. But I go back to the bigger Just macro say point. One thing. It is irresponsible, even if you have curiosity, it is irresponsible you, to amplify messages from Hitler ever on any, right. on, so, so, on any and, and that's not, I just, I just want to make that no, clear. I, and you didn't allude to that, but, but ever under any circumstance. Yes. Yeah, so why is it on 100%. a major platform? Why is the major platform amplifying it? Kyrie amplified it, the 14.7 million. I'm saying, I think that's a great point, but the platform is profiting and promoting it to billions of people. If that is, so the anti-Semitism, it is a thing. And I've called a lot of my Jewish friends. We have talked about this. I get it. Kyrie Irving deserves a lot of heat. Then put heat towards something where it deserves it too. And that's on the platform. And I feel like that whole thing is being missed here as everybody, like, and I get that Kanye okay. tagged onto it. It's a bigger conversation. Yeah, you're right, but that doesn't also excuse it. doesn't excuse it. it. I'm not saying Kyrie, it does. And right. I I'm just bringing up Nets. a valid point. And does it excuse the Nets from not punishing him in any way? See, Jay, see what happened there? Yeah. See, Molly needed to do the fat Joe. Lean back. Lean back. Let the man verbalize and pontificate. <laughs> Lean back. Oh, Molly, get out the way. That's a grown man talking and let him make his point. But see how she's almost trying to shepherd him back? It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Overseer. Whoa, 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 Overseer. Yeah. MK it, Ultra like, Handler. Right. I just, every, it's just amazing that Jay Williams makes a point that seems very legitimate. And not at one point. Did he ever really say, I agree with the doc? In fact, I give him credit. He told Kyrie in his own way, maybe you should have watched it and then kind of added context in his own words and kind of given a, a viewpoint of what did I think of this content. That's fair, but Molly, again, it's almost like she's getting orders. Hey, hey bring him back, bring him back. She's not coloring within the line. That, that's maddening to see. But, 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 you know, thumbs up to Jay Wills for at least having the guts to say that. What you just saw was overseeing in action. She's an MK Ultra handler. She worked with Jalen Rose. Now she's working with Stephen A. Smith, and uh, <laughs> she's always worked with Stephen A. Smith. But anyway, uh, thank you, Steve. Have a great weekend. I hope your Miami Hurricanes uh, have a good weekend. Uh, we'll talk to you on Monday. Uh, you can email me at fearlessblazeshow at gmail.com. Delano Squires, X. All right, welcome back. Uh, let's roll out to Washington, D.C., bring in the smartest man on the show, Delano Squires. Uh, Delano called me last night uh, telling me about this column he wanted to write related to Kyrie Irving, uh, playing off of Bill Roden, uh, Bill Roden, the former New York Times columnist. Now he works for ESPN. 
carrying water for the establishment. Uh, Bill long ago wrote a book, $40 million slave, I think it came out in 2006, 2009, I can't remember, some, 2000. Mm -hmm. anyway, long time ago, uh, $40 million slave, chastising black athletes for not carrying on Muhammad Ali's legacy. And uh, Delano's arguing today that the $40 million slaves now have million dollar overseers. Uh, Delano, I'm going to let you elaborate. You, you hit the nail on the head, Jason. I mean, I, I've been trying to understand what's been going on sort of in the, the social and cultural landscape, particularly around race and sports, for the better part of a year. And it, it started with uh, COVID and particularly Kyrie's refusal to take the jab. And, and it, it was him, it was Aaron Rodgers, it was Cole Beasley, it was a few, Andrew Wiggins, a few other athletes. But you start to see journalists chastising athletes for doing research, for taking a principal stance, for um, going against the establishment. And I was trying to understand what, what is going on here. And when you fast forward to today and you see over the last couple of weeks, pieces from uh, Mike Freeman at, at USA Today, Jesse Washington at ESPN, um, Jamel Hill in the Atlantic, all saying the same things about Kyrie Irving, all using the same type of language, anti-Semitic tropes, dangerous misinformation, harmful ideas. Um, I started to, the, the, the picture started to get clearer to me that these people, again, if you take Rodin's framework and worldview, that the athletes are $40 million slaves, these people are million dollar overseers. And their job is to keep the athletes in line with what corporate America, what ESPN, what these entities want. And, and the argument that I make in the piece is that given the way corporations and the leagues reacted after George Floyd died, Black Lives Matter on, on the courts, right? Um, you went from the NFL having only Colin Kaepernick Neal and a few other athletes to having only Jonathan Isaac stand and you have corporations, again, pouring millions into, into BLM and quote-unquote racial justice initiatives. And it, and it became clear to me the revolution has been corporatized. And these organizations, the professional sports leagues and the million dollar billion-dollar companies said, basically made a devil's bargain with the players. The players didn't realize it was a devil's bargain, but they said, we'll fund whatever you want. Whatever inspire change initiatives with the dancing guys on the bridge and doing, you know, uh, prisoner reentry work and all that other stuff. We'll fund whatever you want, but we want something in return. And what what the players didn't realize they were giving up is their autonomy and their voice. And now they have to be obedient. So when Pfizer, right, the 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 basically the company that, that sponsors every major network and program says these guys got to take the jab, you got to get them in line. That's exactly what Stephen A. Smith and Mike Wilbon and, and all the other personalities do. They chastise players for not wanting to inject substances into their body instead of uh, speaking truth to power or speaking truth to error and asking why is it that Eric Adams has the right and the authority to dictate the medical treatments that Kyrie Irving takes as, as it relates to his conditions of employment with the Brooklyn Nets. That would have been a revolutionary question. They can't ask that question. So they chastise him for the jab then and now for the documentary now. Again, Jason, to your point, revolutionary would have said, why are we, why are we chastising this player 
when one of the, the richest men in the world, Jeff Bezos, is showing the documentary on his platform. Why don't we ask Jeff Bezos why he's engaging in anti-Semitism? They can't ask that question. It's all of the, the euphemisms around tropes and narratives and so on and so forth. So yeah, the, these guys really have revealed themselves. This is like a Scooby-Doo moment. They, they, they talk power to the people in one, in one breath, but, but really, it, it's really, from their perspective, it's Kyrie's body, but it's their voice. Um, and that's been made crystal clear this past week. The, the other thing that this whole situation should bring into focus, and I, I somewhat apologize for making this political connection because I, some people get uncomfortable or, or just, oh, you're just shilling for one side, but conservative values don't want you dependent on the government, your neighbor, mm. some benefactor. So they want you to be self-reliant and self-sufficient so you can always exercise your rights, your inalienable rights, your God-given mm. rights. And, and what happens is when you start taking checks, when you start taking gifts, there, there was, my father taught me this lesson when I was 16, 17 years old. Because uh, my father, his bar business was successful for a time and then it was unsuccessful and the, the IRS came and got him for back taxes. And me, again, me and my father were flat broke in 1984, little bit tiny apartment. And, but he had all these friends that still had money. And I can remember Slim Carruthers, Great man, one you know, uh, legend in the ghetto, mm. you know, ghetto millionaire, <laughs> uh, real estate guy. He, him, and my father were very good friends, and and he he wanted my father to go with him to a Mike Tyson fight out in Las Vegas. He's like, oh, mm. don't worry, Jimmy, I I, I got it, I, I got. It. And my father's like, I can't go. And I can remember I asked my father, what, what do you mean, why can't you go? If Slim's gonna pick up the tab, he goes, man. I, I don't, I'm not accepting no handouts. Once you accept a handout from a man, he then owns you. He yep. then, he gets to call the shots. And I, that's just stuck with me. And, and mm -hmm. I've tried to explain to people, anytime you accept anything from anybody, there's a responsibility that goes along with this. And I used to tell my cousins and young people that I would mentor, and so I would take it to this extreme to like, when, when you're in a relationship with a woman and she uh, decides she's going to allow you to be intimate with her, there's a responsibility that goes along with that. You, mm. We've created this, and this was years ago, I was like, we done created this dynamic like, oh, I can just hop into bed and willy-nilly and there's no responsibility that goes along. There's a responsibility to everything that is given to you and you need to consider that before accepting it. And that's I look at Stephen A. Smith, I look at Mike Wilbon, and these are people I do respect, but I've mm -hmm. watched them get in bed, take all this money, they've lost their voice. I'm looking mm -hmm. at NFL, NBA players, they're letting these billionaires, oh, okay, we'll, we'll let you finance uh, you know, your social justice initiatives. But mm -hmm. when we say jump, you best say how high, how high? massa. Yep. And that's what they're learning right now is like, they you know what, Kyrie, you put out this doc. And again, because it's really not about this doc. It's about a right. message. 
that the NBA has been sitting on, NFL owners have been sitting on, you players are running wild, you think that you're in control of this, and they're letting Kyrie and all everybody else in professional sports know, no, we run this. We've built a nice little mousetrap for you here mm -hmm. uh, that you've taken the cheese, and now we control and own you, and I'm looking at the overseers as you talk about, it. it's their job to remind them uh, you, you know what, Justin, I want to play, uh, this is a three-minute clip I want to play. I want to get your reaction to Stephen A. Smith. It, it's, it's from today where he ends, he, he goes on a long rant, and he ends it talking about money. I, I want to play mm -hmm. that clip, Justin. It's the one I sent you late. It, it's, it's three minutes. I want to play that and get uh, Delano's reaction. But when you get in to someone else's history, and you contribute to denying what the Jewish community has endured and the kind of, you know, the, the ridiculous theories that people try to throw out there, insinuations that the Holocaust didn't exist, that Adolf Hitler is somebody to be celebrated, you've got a different problem. That's egregious, that's irresponsible, uh, that's wrong, that's uncalled for, that's heinous. That's wrong on so many levels and to be lost and clueless as to how that can affect a community different than yours is one thing. But then to sit back and talk about how you won't even apologize at the time for it being anti-Semitic because you don't deem yourself to be anti-Semitic. It's just irresponsible. It really, really is. And so the suspension is warranted. There is no doubt about that. By the way, it's not just a five-game suspension. It's potentially longer. They say a minimum of five games. From what I've been told, Josiah is completely done with him. He's dealing with him because he's under contract and he has to, but he's completely done with Kyrie Irving. Commissioner Adam Silver, who knows Kyrie Irving personally, who is a Jewish man, uh, was incredibly off-put and hurt by the irresponsible rhetoric that Kyrie Irving contributed to disseminating by putting uh, that film on Twitter, on his Twitter page. And I think that it speaks to something uh, of, a, of, I wouldn't say a larger issue, but just something that should allow us all to illuminate things in this, in this respect. Kyrie Irving <clears throat> said yesterday, he considers himself a beacon of light. Um, I have religiously stated when I have criticized him, that the biggest problem with him is not that his heart is in the wrong place because he is not a bad guy. It's that he thinks his intellect far exceeds those of so many others, that he is enlightened and that the rest of us are living in darkness and we need to come to the light that he is trying to shine upon us. And therefore we'll be better off and we'll be more enlightened and we'll be more educated. He comes across not as a student eager to learn, but as somebody who is somewhat professorial that has already arrived, whose knowledge far exceeds that of so many other people. And he's not realizing that he's enlightening a whole bunch of people on a different level. And you know what that enlightenment is, Kendrick Perkins? He's enlightening a whole bunch of people on how to lose money. You missed out on a four-year, $212 million extension. You missed out on a four-year, $212 million extension. That's gone. That ain't coming back. Nobody's going to give him a long-term extension because they don't trust him.
that's idolatry of money. He, he, mm -hmm. he can't understand. I don't think Kyrie's arguing that my knowledge exceeds yours. M maybe he is, but really what I think he's doing here is saying that he takes his values more seriously than you do. And maybe you don't have any values other than money. Money is your scoreboard. It may not be Kyrie Irving's scoreboard. I, I think that's a fair point. And again, we saw this with COVID, right? And and that's why I keep going back to, to, to the jab because this is when this stuff really started with the, the, the overseers and Kyrie is that they, they were trying to lash him publicly to get him to take the shot. Like Wilbon literally said, roll up your sleeves and take the shot. You had to do it to go to public school. But J Jason, there's, there's so many things going on here with this dynamic, right? Um, what, what Stephen A. Smith is, is pointing to, again, with the money thing, is that th that's, he worships mammon. And, and, and that's why he'll say the things that he does and not say the things that, that, that he chooses not to say. But I, I think on a, on a substantive level, um, I said this in my piece, it is not illegal for people to believe wacky, silly, ignorant things. If it were, most of the people in the media would be in jail. Because these are people who believe that men can get pregnant. And, and, and as you notice, they will not, t none of these people, even the women in sports, will not touch anything having to do with the transgender stuff, even the trans stuff in sports, with a 65-foot pole. They stay clear of that lane. But my thing is this, Kyrie can believe goofy stuff. I've, I've, I've talked to and debated some of the black Hebrew Israelite guys in my barbershop. I asked them a few questions. Uh, the questions that I like to call silences that I ask on Twitter where I know the person's not going to come back to me with a response and then I just go and I eat my dinner and enjoy time with my family. So I, I've talked to these guys. I don't have to share their beliefs. But these people seem to think that if Kyrie utters a word that Adam Silver, um, who probably was listening to Charles Barkley the other day, and he probably said, you know what, Charles, you're right. This is my league. I'm the big daddy. I'll, I'll discipline as I see fit. Right. These people seem to think that if Kyrie utters a word that Adam Silver doesn't agree with, that that means he should either be suspended or lose his job. And th the same principle they started with COVID that they apply here, they will apply eventually to someone who steps over that third rail of gender ideology. And it'll be the same stuff. Harmful misinformation, dangerous tropes, somebody's going to die, so on and so on and so forth. And so it's, it's disappointing to see them do this. I will say this. I read Jamel Hill's piece in The Atlantic. And she hit on something that I do think is important to bring up. I didn't do it in my piece because it would have made it too long. She said something to the effect of guys like Kyrie, black men specifically, are, are looking for some sense of significance in terms of themselves, their history, their place in the world. And I do think that there's something to that. Because when you and it doesn't surprise me that guys gravitate to religious beliefs that make them feel like they are kings or they are gods. Because all they hear from their peers and in the media is that they are slaves. So I get why, why Kyrie and other guys gravitate towards Nation of Islam, the Five Percenters, the Nation of Gods and Earths, the, the Black Hebrew Israelite stuff, because when everybody tells you that your skin color makes you a slave, you, you want to feel significant. But this is where, and to your point, and you've made this point since the beginning of the show, black preachers have missed the ball. Because instead of preaching 
um, liberation theory and that, you know, black power, however that's defined, is, is the height of the American gospel, they should be out there telling these guys, look, guys, your skin color doesn't matter. Your lineage, your tribe, even if you are one of the 12 lost tribes, that doesn't matter. Because when I open up the New Testament, it says clearly all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is only one way, only one path that is only through Christ. And you only get there by grace alone, through faith alone and Christ alone. According to the scriptures alone, all to the glory of God alone. It is not by your works. It is not by your lineage. It is not by your bloodline. Those things do not justify you. So you so regardless of how you got to this country or this place in life, rest assured, your skin color, your heritage, your DNA will not justify you before a holy and righteous God. That's what they should be saying. But instead, all they do is parrot what Democrats say. They say, kill your offspring, kill your babies, except that Dwayne Wade's son is a girl, right? Uh, uh, fight for all different types of, of weirdo ideologies. And, and, and if you do that, then you'll amass enough political power to really change things in the community and, and you'll become empowered. And it's an empty message. So part of this rests on, on the shoulders of the men who should be speaking and counseling and talking to Kyrie. And you see this, we, we, we see this with the Kevin Samuel stuff, the, the, the black preachers have left a void as it relates to biblical sexual ethics, marriage and family, and they have, have left one as it relates to the human family and biblical anthropology. The, the type of teaching that, that goes from creation, man, fall, Christ, redemption, resurrection, and then eternal life. These guys are not getting that. So they, so they gravitate to what they hear on the barbershop or the street corner because everybody is, is telling them that they're nothing but a slave. Even the women in media, you, you, black men, are, and if you listen to MSNBC, black men are not even fit to lead their own homes. Their job is to get behind the, the, the black women who save democracy. And guys are getting tired of it. So I, I wish there were more preachers who would fill that void with, with truth and if so, then maybe somebody like Kyrie would, would not be as susceptible to, to, to this type of uh, ideology. I, I, I wish, because definitely in the church, that's where it needs to start and come from, and people need to hold the line there, and then the rest of the culture would follow. But we've abdicated that responsibility, that type of leadership. But, but I think you and Jamel actually are taking me to a higher level of just even understanding what's going on with Kyrie, uh, because I think you're both exactly right that we're looking from Kyrie to Kanye. Mm -hmm. These are men with identity crisis going on. Mm -hmm. and, and they have identity crisis because the culture has defined, again, Man's nature, take color out of it, man's nature is conquer, is leadership, is provider, is head of the household. That's all been stripped away from the black mm -hmm. man. Kanye's looking at it at his own marriage. He's a laughing stock. His wife has other voices in her head that aren't, uh, that aren't Kanye's. Kyrie uh, has fallen into the black Hebrew Israelite thing. I, I've been there in terms of, I never joined the Nation of Islam, 
But Farrakhan's words used to ring with me because he talked about the black man in a way that uh, hit home with me. Be mm -hmm. responsible, be a leader, take care of your family, get up off your knees begging and do mm -hmm. for yourself. That all hit home with me. And, and, and these guys are, are tired of it. And so I get why uh, Kyrie's, are, well, we're the chosen ones. I get right. why he would, that would be seductive to him. And, and again, the whole chosen one thing, and I, I know it's from the Bible, but, it, but to me, the people, anybody caught up in running around, well, I'm the chosen one or whatever, that's, a, that's some idolatry, some self-idolatry that mm -hmm. you need to take a, get in the mirror and take a look at and say, is this consistent with a biblical worldview? And so I hear the whole fight over who's the chosen one, who's the chosen group. I hear it all and look sideways at all of them participating yeah. in that wrestling match. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so, go ahead. No, I was just saying, Jason, even, even bringing it back into our community, this is, this is part of the fight that black men and black women are having on MSNBC, in public spaces. It's the, it's the woman saying, no, I'm the leader. I'm the chosen one. I will lead us to salvation. And then five minutes later, turn around and say, oh, I'm, I'm stressed. Why nobody asking about me? I'm tired. I'm, I'm doing it all. I'm both mom and dad. And this is like we we and this is one of the things that that aggravates me so much is within our community, within the, the leadership class, the aristocracy, we want to take everything from the ancestors. And really what we want, we want to leverage their pain for our financial benefit. That, that's, that's really all, much of the reparations push has moved from a sober, somber feeling of our ancestors were did wrong and, and, and there should be some recompense there to run me my check, right? Which is a different spirit. It, it is using the black body for financial gain, no different than the Dahomey kingdom and woman king or hip hop culture or BLM. There's, there's, there's a part of, 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 of us within the culture, I'm not saying it's everybody, but that spirit is operating there that says the black body is a good way to make somebody money. And, and th th that's one of the things that, that we're, we're battling. And it's unfortunate because instead of recognizing, hey, our ancestors had a faith that got them through some difficult, difficult times. They didn't have nearly the education we did. Obviously, they didn't have the technology, they didn't have the resources, but they had one thing. They had faith in God, and they carried Bibles, King James Bibles, by the way, that many of them probably couldn't even read, but they believed it. Now, we have all the material resources in the world, and we believe nothing. We'll accept anything for a dollar. And the same people, the same overseers that will tell you that words matter, right? That, that, that images matter. Oh, anti-Semitism is a, is, a, is a real problem in the black community. Have no problem justifying 30 plus years of black folk, artists, executives, accepting all manner of murder music, degradation, drug abuse, self-destruction, all, all because it makes somebody money. And at the end of the day, the truth is they, they cannot speak against that because it's the same golden handcuffs. Doing so would take money out of their mouths. It would mean Vibe and the source wouldn't have ex existed. It would mean Puffy would not be who he is or Snoop. And they don't want to do that. It would mean Breakfast Club would not be what it is. They don't want to do that. 
and 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 what's ended up happening is that the 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 men who should be protecting the community are more concerned with the affairs of somebody else's household than they are in their own house. So so if I sort of walk out the metaphor, they talk reckless to the women in our community and the children in our community. And then when it comes to somebody else's house, they say, oh, we got to be respectful. You can't say that. How dare you say that? That's dangerous. That's harmful stereotype. But when it comes back to our house, they say, look, call your mother a B. Oh, well, of course she is. Call her H. Uh, call your, your sister and your brother out of their name. And I'm just like, look. For call the, yourself the, the, the N-word. Call yourself the N-word. The aristocracy thinks that it, it can manage these demons, but they have to be exercised. And Stephen A. and Jamel Hill, these are all phonies and hypocrites because you and I know if you take anything, even the worst criticism they think that Kanye West or Kyrie Irving has made of Jewish people, if you take out Jew or Jewish and you put in white or whiteness, they're all good with it. Because again, they think that they can manage the demon that allows people to group others and attribute characteristics based on skin color. And they say, we, it's fine when we do it to white people. Whiteness is wicked, whiteness is rapacious, whiteness is pillage, whiteness is murder and plunder. And they think that you can just keep it at whiteness and other people are not going to apply that, even in a lesser form, to other groups. But again, when you, when you start calling up demons from the underworld, you have no idea the type of doors that you're opening. And now they're having to deal with it. And now they're trying to call Ghostbusters. And it's not working for them. So I, I hope that they would repent and turn from their ways and say, we're not doing this anymore. We're, we, we want a biblical standard. We want one standard that everybody can abide by. Jason and Delano, Jamel and Stephen A, Ben Shapiro and Candace Owens. When we take it to the public sphere and we talk group level, everybody is playing by the same rules. If not, we're going to have chaos and mutual destruction. It's, it's Barkley basically argued uh, Adam Silver is a commissioner. Mm-hmm. He's Jewish. And so this is a Jewish run league. And many of the owners are Jewish. And you can't denigrate their religion or their ethnicity. Now, these same group of people have partnered with hip hop. Mm-hmm. You go to NBA All-Star Weekend, you go to any of their showcase events, there will be a hip hop artist performing uh, before the game, at all the parties surrounding the games, and they will be uh, promoting a music that denigrates black people constantly. Yep. And so you bathe your players and the whole culture in the denigration of black men, women, and the whole culture, and then you're shocked that that group of people would be comfortable in any tiny way of denigrating you. Mm. Oh my, that's a... Now, you, you know, we're very comfortable with you denigrating yourself, but mm-hmm. damn it, you better not retweet a movie that, that, that in any way questions anything about us. Again, retweet a graphic of a movie, a documentary, that, and, and just think it through. If they were thinking logically, I follow five, 600 people. I can't mm-hmm. tell you what any of them tweeted today. And I've been on Twitter. I can't remember. I don't right. know. Have, I follow Kyrie. If not for this controversy, I would have never known that he tweeted anything about this movie. 
Me either. If I had seen it, if I had seen his tweet, I wouldn't have said, oh, let me go click over here. To, people tweet all kinds of stuff. You just scroll by. So this, oh, he's got 17 million Instagram followers and 4 million. And, and I would bet before this controversy, mm-hmm. there were 300 people that clicked or went to go find out what that movie was about. This movie ain't done no harm to nobody. It's a bad movie. It's boring. It's not compelling. It, it put me to sleep, and I had to for, put toothpicks in my eyes to continue watching it. And everybody knows it. This is a, it's a scam they're running. But again, yeah. what they're very comfortable, and the message to all of this, and I don't care who does or doesn't like it, the message is, no, you Negroes, you denigrate yourself. You leave us mm-hmm. out of it. We're the chosen ones. It, Exactly. And and Jason, one of the things, and this is so obvious to me and anybody else who understands human psychology, right? Instead of um, letting the pressure on this, releasing the valve and letting it ease out, they suppress it. So what happens? One, they draw much more attention to the movie, to your point, than it would have gotten. And now what they do, even, even if other players do not speak up privately, publicly, they're going to be watching this movie privately. And, and Kyrie's message is, is people are seeing exactly what Kyrie and Kanye West were talking about. So you, you, they want them to shut up and say, oh, you can't say that Jewish people have outsized control over media or industry or so on. You can't say that, right? Even though, now you can say black, black men are 6% of the population and commit 50% of the murders. You can say that. But you can't say Jewish people are 2% of the population and our CEO or president of obviously more than 2% of the, the, the 50 largest media companies. You can't say that. So people understand what's going on. And it's, and it's going to make them more conspiratorial. It's going to make them um, more open to this type of ideology. So it's, it's the dumbest way to go about this. If they, if they really cared about, quote unquote, educating Kyrie instead of getting some 24-year-old flat to write some uh, PR speech that some speech that obviously he didn't write. They they would be somebody. You remember when Kaepernick started protesting and they had the guy who was the Army Ranger that came alongside Nate him and basically Boyer. said, "Yeah, he said, hey, let, let's let's talk about it." They would they would do that, but instead they summon up all of the overseers and all of them write the same. It's the same script. It's seven references to anti-Semitic tropes and narratives, and maybe for every seven references, one example. It's dangerous misinformation. It's harmful. I heard Adrian Wojnarowski when he delivered the story last week, I watched the, last night, I watched the video, and he said about all the harm that Kyrie caused across the world. Now, black folk, the men who play in the NBA, their brothers and cousins, Jason, have the highest homicide victimization rate in this country, seven times higher than white people. And you could not get one of these people to say a, a word, again, about the, the type of lyrics and imagery that they have in hip hop. But when, when you say something, oh, this particular group runs a lot of stuff, oh my gosh, the people, uh, uh, people in Switzerland and, and, and uh, Papua New Guinea, they're crying right now. And, and it just goes to show something that you've been saying. The entire um, sports media landscape, the social commentary, academia, political life has been completely emasculated. Everybody is a crier now. 
It don't matter how big and how strong they are. And they're not crying over the good over the right things. When I dated a girl in college, she said a guy can cry if his mom died or, or, or he loses dog. That's it. Those are two reasons. And I said, all right, well, I ain't, I'm not sharing my feelings with you. But these guys are now crying over everything. Right. Every, it's all the language of personal therapy. Harms, dangers. I'm scared. I'm afraid. I can't do it, Jason. So we we going again to the wheels fall off on fearless. I, I like being here. I can't I can't go work at ESPN. They too scared for my for my taste. I'm sorry. Thank you, D. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Thank you Jason. All right, uh, get your fearless army swag at shopblazemedia.com. Uh, I want to tell you guys about election night. It's just around the corner, and the stakes have never been higher for the midterms. Uh, several races across the country have gotten very, very interesting uh, for the past couple of weeks. Uh, will Republicans be able to win a Senate seat in Washington State? Is Kathy Hochul really in trouble in New York? Will voters punish Gretchen Whitmer for her COVID lockdown insanity and finally give her the boot in Michigan? There's a lot to cover this election cycle and we've got you covered. Stu Bergier serves as Blaze Media's cephologist. That's just a fancy word for someone who studies elections. Stu put together a comprehensive guide to let you know exactly what you need to look out for on election night. Head on over to theblaze.com slash election guide to receive a free copy of Blaze Media's ultimate guide to the midterms delivered straight to your inbox. Again, that's blaze, theblaze.com slash election guide, and we will send you everything you need to know to be ready for the big election night. Can't wait until Tuesday. Really can't wait until Wednesday. I want to see what Wednesday feels like after Tuesday. All right, uh, stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Shamika Michelle. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back. Uh, let's roll out to North Carolina. I want to bring in Shamika Michelle because she tweeted something uh, yesterday that fascinated me. It was right on point. Uh, we all went to go see last week uh, the Emmett Till movie, and uh, Shamika took the Emmett Till movie and applied it to what's happening to Kyrie Irving, and I wanted to give her a chance to expound on that. Shamika, welcome back to the show. Uh, Charles Barkley and Shaq reminded you of the Emmett Till movie? Yes, Jason. And first, let me say that some people are so stupid, right? They thought that I was trying to compare Kyrie and Emmett as if it was the exact same thing. And I had to remind myself that when we were in school, we were a group by our abilities. And there are people, three L's that I call them, low-level learners, and they are also on Twitter because that's it, that's not what I was doing at all. My point was that there were men, black men, with 
Emmett Till when he was murdered. Also, if we remember, the uncle was there who allowed them to come into the house and he had a gun. So when people say, well, it says the three, uh, it, were, it was black men present, but it didn't say they participated. Well, if you think that they hopped on the back of a truck to be like, hey, we just going along for the ride, boss. We just want to see the scenery. Then that's on you. But the point is there were grown men who did not stand up for this young man and protect him when they could have. So when I talked about Charles and, and Shaq, my point of them hopping on line or hopping on TV saying what they said was Shaq could have been quiet. Uh, Charles Barkley could have been quiet. Stephen A. Smith, uh, Shay Shay with his little sassy name, he could have been quiet. Instead, what they did was they spoke up against Kyrie and sent the message, just like Emmett's uncle, just like those men on the back of the truck, that they would not be of any resistance. They would would not fight. They would not stand with Kyrie. They would not protect him, but they would just be quiet and allow the figurative lynching of him. That was the point. To me, if they would have never let the, pe the, the white men, the, Jew, the, the secular elites, whatever we're calling them this week, if they wouldn't have let them know we're on your side, we're not gonna protect him. We're not gonna stand with him. We're not gonna give you any pushback. I feel like they may have done something different, but they gave them the go ahead, like we're, we're not gonna provide any resistance. And that's the problem that I have. I feel like they, they could have stood in front of Kyrie even just by being quiet. Instead, they wanted to see him ran through like a $5 hoe for their self-gratification, and I don't like it. Let me give you another analogy, because this is the game that gets played on us, and, 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 and this one here, I, I'm not sure how I feel about it, but this is factual. We have spent the last, let's say, 20 years Whenever Michelle Alexander's book came out, The New Jim Crow, Mass Incarceration, we, we've done this whole, well, for regular cocaine, you get sentenced five years. But crack cocaine, you get sentenced 20 years. They, they made crack cocaine the penalties harsher because black people used them, and, and that's how they screwed over black people is because they knew we used crack, we sold crack, but regular cocaine, you could use that out in the suburbs and blah, 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 blah. And that all sounds good until you actually go back in history and examine what happened. Who went to the politicians, the local and national politicians, and say, we want enhanced charges for crack cocaine? It was black leaders, black clergy people, black local politicians who fought for, oh, this crack cocaine epidemic is so bad, we want extra penalties for crack cocaine. And so the government responded and gave us exactly what we asked for. And then we want to turn, down 50, turn around 15, 20 years later and say, oh, look at the government, look how they did us. And so this was all orchestrated. When I saw Shaq and, and Charles Tuesday night, I was like, oh, they're going to suspend Kyrie. And, th and this is how you unpack the suspension. Let's send the Negroes out first and demand it, call for it, justify it. 
And then we'll just come and we'll look very reasonable. <laughs> I mean, Charles Barkley said we should suspend him. Reggie Miller said, you know, it's out, it's beyond the pale. Uh, Stephen A. Smith. And, and, and again, nobody wants to examine. What are we really talking about here? A movie graphic, a documentary? Nobody had the courage at any point just say like, hey man, it's just a retweet of a graphic. Mm -hmm. Every, there's, everybody knows how we use Twitter, that 95% of the people didn't even see the tweet. Right. Another 99% didn't even understand the tweet. And then there's that tiny 1% that may have, got, oh, this is some documentary. This. But I, I'm telling you, if they spent 10 minutes watching it, they'd fall asleep or cut it off. Now, now I will say this, you pay $12, I think, to rent it. Maybe some people would stick through it. I don't know, but, it, but it's just not, I didn't stick through it because you know, I burn up the $12, I guess. But it, it's this whole performance. And th that's why all of this racial dynamic game that's played, it's all performative. Everybody's performing. And again, I don't want to let uh, the Jewish side of this off the hook. All these people pretending that this documentary has done great harm and is so, that's all a performance. Mm -hmm. Th they know that's not true. It's a bad documentary. Misinformation is, hey, there are people that don't think Jesus died on the cross. They think Jesus is make-believe. They think there's all kinds of things they, I completely disagree with them about as it relates to my faith. Mm -hmm. No skin off my back. I'm going to hit them with the truth. If they don't want to accept it, that's on them. But I'm not calling for them to be deplatformed, to be my skin is thick enough. My faith is strong enough that that I, I'm just not worried about people that disagree with me and say things that I find illogical because you have I mean, we said the harm. What does more harm? Whoever the woman was that put out the pro-abortion rap video, does that not do more harm in the black community and in any community, the abortion thing, than anything that Kyrie tweeted out about this three and a half hour garbage documentary? But you right. can put a video out pro-abortion. You can take political positions based on killing babies in the womb, and that's okay, that's free speech, we gotta protect it, that's a fundamental right, blah, blah. That, that's all protected, killing babies. Sending drag queens to sexualize kids in schools and libraries, that's all protected. Mm -hmm. But oh my God, it's this documentary, Hebrews to Negroes. The world is at the brink of extinction because of it. And if Kyrie hadn't tweeted it out, oh my God, America would be just such a better place in the world. We'd all be singing Kumbaya. It's all a performance and I'm mm -hmm. tired of it. It's sickening. Yeah, it's definitely a performance because five days ago, I feel like Kyrie gave clarity. He said that he didn't mean any any harm. That wasn't who he was. He wanted to learn from all people and all religions. This was five days ago before Shaq and, 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 and Charles got their tap shoes ordered. So the 
for them to join in and wanting him to say it exactly the way somebody else wanted them to him to say it or it wasn't good enough, this is just wrong. And it's definitely a performance, Sambo and Mr. Bojangles, because Kyrie had already been clear that he was not trying to be uh, hurtful or harmful. He had already apologized. It just wasn't the way they felt like it should go. And so it, there was no need, in my opinion, for them to even step in and add their opinion because he had already admitted he was not trying to be anti-Semitic or hurtful. I, I'm, this whole thing has made me come up. I'm going to start calling the things I don't like anti-black medic. And maybe I'll be taken more seriously. Next time some a rapper puts out or somebody's doing some little pro-abortion thing in the black community where I'm oh, that's anti-black medic. Mm -hmm. And 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 then I'll, I don't have to prove nothing. I just have to say that's anti-black medic. Keep repeating it. Someone pick it up, put it in the story. Anti-black medic and corporations and uh, powerful people will all say, yep, we got to put a stop to it. It's anti-black medic. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you, Samika. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. You can get the final oh. call then. No, I was going to say, I just wonder if that will work. We've always been told money, power, respect, but it seems like they allow black people to get money. But the power and respect, we have yet to see that. Well, I look at a lot. Of, they don't want it. I think some people we had power in this situation. Stephen A. Smith, Charles Barkley, Shaq, and he's at nine doing that. This dude put out a tweet. Charles, I'm getting, I love him, but Charles, man, I spit on somebody. What am I going? I'm going after somebody for for retweeting something. Give me a break. Thinking, I threw a man through a plate glass window. I'm going to attack somebody for retweeting something. Nah, miss me with that. All of these flawed dudes uh, out here attacking this man at the behest of you know they're doing. They just they just want the money to flow. They're defined by money, and they never have enough. This was crazy to me. Shaq has to be worth a half billion dollars. How much more money do they need? It, 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 it's idolatry. It's a, thank you. It's love thank of mammon. It's idolatry. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Uh, go to YouTube.com slash Jason. We like it. Notifications. Hit subscribe. All right, we're going to get deep. Royce White. I want to I just All right, welcome back. Uh, let's end the show on the highest note we possibly can. Uh, Royce White, I'm all buckled up. I'm, I'm seated in my spaceship. I'm expecting Royce to take us to the moon on this topic. Kyrie Irving suspended for five games uh, for tweeting out something that a handful of people disagree with. Uh, Royce, I've been previewed on some of your thoughts and I've been told you're, you're gonna link this, what's going on with Kyrie to the new world order. Uh, should I just kick back and turn the mic over to you and, and, and just let you educate us and I'll jump in when I, when I think it's necessary? I mean, I'm, that would be an honor. I mean, you know, this is a, this is the best <laughs> show on the internet right now. So it'd be an honor to be able to just to go off for a bit. Um, uh, for, first, I wanna say I watched the show last night 
And and it was inspirational, truly. Like God's the honest truth. I sat and watched the full two hour show and we had a little a little watching party here in the studio, a couple of people, and we were all clapping and you know, it was it was uh it was courageous what you did yesterday. So I wanted to say thank you for that and, and thank you for allowing me to continue to be on the show. Um, none of us know how long we'll have a platform anymore in these days. So I, I definitely want to give you those flowers while while we're here. Um, you know, the, the Kyrie Irving thing for me is is somewhat personal. One, because I'm a, a young athlete. I played in the NBA, although I had a tumultuous, uh, you know, time with them for some of these same reasons, mind you. Um, but also because I'm a Jew. And I'm a believer in God and I'm a believer in Christ. And and so these conversations around the spiritual and the cultural um, deep are deeply offensive, uh, especially the way they're being portrayed and the way they're being used to target Kyrie Irving. Uh, this this is clearly uh, this clearly has very little to do with what people say it has to do with. And, and I don't care if we're talking about the establishment or the people who are commenting on the Internet uh, against Kyrie Irving. Uh, from the establishment is very clear, and you said this yesterday, that this is payback for the vaccine. He was right. He denied the vaccine. He was right to deny the vaccine, and they could not let him live that down. And and for one, they couldn't let him live it down because of the implications as a young athlete who will stand against the establishment narrative. But also because let's not pretend that we aren't always under the threat of the vaccine reboot or COVID-19 reboot or or a, a, a different variety of pandemic reboot in the future. So, you know, Kyrie Irving has stood out and decided that that for him personally, it's best to be able to think, speak and 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 represent himself in an authentic way, however imperfect that may be at times. And I think we should all strive to do that more than to to bend to the fear of being canceled or deplatformed, and I see a lot of that going on uh, across the board. So, so my 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 thoughts and prayers are with Kyrie Irving at this time, and I think people need to rally behind him. Um, why is this conversation even important? You know, this 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 anti-Semitic conversation has a significance to it. It's not just one of those this group of people's opinion versus this group of people's opinion. Any conversation is that. But but this one has real specific importance and and it's it has nothing to do with Kyrie Irving. And it certainly doesn't have to do with this documentary. This this conversation about anti-Semitism has to do with the the Jewish identity and Jewish people being exploited for spiritual and political agenda. OK, and and the, the, the other day I spoke about the spiritual piece, and that was the Jewish identity being used to delegitimize God on a historical basis and further sever link between Abraham and, and God through the covenant. So that that's the spiritual. But I'd be remiss not to go deep on the political today, seeing as we're five days ahead of one of the most important midterms in American history. So I want to touch on the political and in the political sense the Jewish identity is continue, continue to be exploited to justify new world order. And, and that's not an opinion, right? That's not conjecture. That's not Royce White saying it. We can look at historical fact, historical record, and understand this. The United Nations First Act, the post-World War II liberal democratic orders first act, was the installation of Israel, okay? And, and, and the installation of Israel uh, was, was 
met with great objection from the rabbinical authority. And, and I'll circle back to that later. But but it's worth noting from the from the outset that when when Israel was first uh, instituted, that the rabbinical authority, the religious authority in the Jewish culture and the Jewish community around the world objected to Israel's installation, objected to Israel as a state. So now I, I know we try to. How should I say this? I know we try to stay away from the BS race conversation, race and racism, because it's used sensationally here in the West often to distract us from the corruption of money and the corruption of policy. But there are a few places where racism still exists in a very explicit way in our world. And we can't have a full picture of the conversation we need to have without touching on this. Three places where racism exists in an explicit way from government or nation. China, Russia, Israel. All of them have extreme ethno-national cultures. China, ethno-national. Russia, ethno-national. Israel, ethno-national. And it's not by accident that when they talk about race or racism or ethno-nationalism here in the West in the mainstream media, that it always stays in the context of the American white man, right? Why is that? Well, let's, let's discuss this. <laughs> um, what you're seeing play out with, with Adam and Kyrie uh, is the NWO's version of racism. And I'm, and I'm playing the race card. I don't want to get hung up on racism because the implications of New World Order are much more important to me and serious than the race piece. But I'm trying to show and paint a picture of how race is used even in this diverse agenda around the world on a political level. What Adam Silver is saying to Kyrie Irving, what Adam Silver and the establishment he represents is saying to Kyrie Irving or around this entire topic is don't try and destabilize our post-World War II liberal democratic order narrative. And Adam more specifically and the other anti-Jews are saying, don't try and challenge and contest our place in the new world order narrative as the white Jews. So I'll stop there. I'll let you, let you, let you respond. Adam Silver is defending a liberal new world order. That's the yeah. guiding principle dictating his behavior. Whereas, and again, this is love having you on the show, whereas the common man would say Adam Silver is just putting uh, Kyrie Irving in his place in, in Adam Silver's mind is like, no, nah, we don't allow that. That's off script. We're in bed with Big Pharma. We're in bed with the government. Uh, we're in bed with bowing to China. And, and again, I'm about to make your point. We're in bed with the new world order. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I, right. we can't have you $40 million athletes not yeah. selling the new world order to the masses and particularly to the black masses because again to me 
I, I see for the Democrat and the New World Order and the world they see, black people are their puppets to be used to get the rest of the world on board with giving up all your rights and freedoms that have defined America and, and to do it under the pretense of this utopian world where no one's feelings ever get hurt and no one ever says a word that is discomforting and, and the government doles out, hey, you need something to eat? Okay, well, here, use this EBT card. Oh, you need some gas? We got a card for that. We got a stimulus check for that. Uh, and so it, it's like, we're the lab rats and, and Kyrie is trying not to be a lab rat. And so I, maybe I'm just repeating your talking points, but that's how I understand what you're saying. Okay, there's there's two great lies that are being told here. And and I, I want to, th this, this helps frame it a little bit better. The Ashkenazi Jew identity has been, was, was used to justify the installation of Israel, okay? And the, the, problem, the problem with that is, well, there's a couple problems with it, but one of the big problems with it is that um, it was done at a time, it, it was strategically used and done at a time when America was a much more religious country, and therefore people were much more amenable to the idea that they had a claim to that land based on being God's chosen people. And they did so while simultaneously uh, rejecting God and now in the modern day giving God the finger. And, there, and, and that is one of the greatest blasphemies or heresies on earth today is to, to make the claim to the benefit of being God's chosen people while simultaneously rejecting God. Um, so, so that's one great lie. But there's a second lie as well, and this highlights a, a racial a, a racial conversation that gets buried beneath the WWE racial conversation that the mainstream media pop props up, and that is that the Ashkenazi Jews um, try and conceal the black part of their Jewish identity, right? I mean, let's let's and, and this is a trick that they're playing is that most people don't have a scope of history far back enough to understand the scam of racism fundamentally. OK, if you go far, if you go far enough back, the Ashkenazi Jews have black in them. OK, and they've tried to conceal that black identity. Why? Because they've capitulated to a racist ideology that does that does in some ways underlay this entire narrative that came from the crown, that came from the Masons, that came from the Jesuits, or, or you could pick an organization from the European monarchies or the post-Renaissance Enlightenment era that, that, that gave the scientific method that gave birth to Darwinism and other things like that along the way. It's all right there for us to see. So the, and, and my, problem, my problem with this Hebrew to, Hebrews to Negroes documentary is that they try to make the claim to the Jewish identity or to being God's chosen people through an ethnic claim and not through a claim of, of God. And so they're just trying to play the same racket in the material world that the, that the Ashkenazi anti-Jews have set up, uh, you know, in their rejection of God. And, and so, like, if we want to look at this racial dynamic that I'm, that I'm talking about, all we have to do is go back and look at Donald Sterling. 
remember he said, and this might have been one of the most important, one of the most important political statements made by an American businessman or sports figure in, in the last 50 years. In Israel, the black Jews are treated like dogs. And he's right. And I don't have to 23 and me, some Hebrew Israelite black Jew to understand this race, this dynamic of racism. Why? Because there's over a million black Jews that live in Israel today. And most people wouldn't know that. And it's not by accident that they wouldn't know that. And this is what the Hebrews to Negroes documentary tried to tried to highlight. But uh, they had some other agendas in there, obviously. And so they tried to stretch a truth across a gap that they couldn't that it couldn't reach. But the truth is that the representation of the Jewish identity or Jews in the modern in the modern mainstream depiction is that of a white man. And how dishonest is that? How dishonest is it that when we when we talk about Jews or or the the controversy or conversation around anti-Semitism or people being Semitic, do you ever do you ever see any black Jews get to speak? Do you ever see any black Jews that live there in Israel in a holy way get to speak? No, you don't. Why? Because like Donald Sterling said, they're second class citizens even in Israel. And here's another interesting thing that I, I think people should understand. The reason why we know the Ethiopian Jews, the reason why we know the Algerian Jews, the reason why we know uh, the Moroccan Jews or, or uh, the Iranian and Iraqi or, or Yemen uh, Jews or Afghani Jews, because most of them still practice the faith. They're religious. That's how you're able to identify them. So right there, you see a culture war with a subtle substrate of race, of racial uh, division that is taking place in Israel itself. And it's not by accident that Adam Silver, as a quote unquote white Jew, he's really not white because there are no white Jews unless you just picked up Judaism by faith. If you if you, if you actually go by ethnicity, every white Jew has black in their history. Ever heard of the Jufro? And, and I'm not being funny. There's a reason why some Jews have hair like wool. OK, it, it was. A, it, and here's another thing that the Hebrews to, to Negroes documentary did a poor job of, in my opinion. Yes, we know that the Jews came into contact with the Kazarians in what is now considered the Ukraine. Right. That, that is the Khazar area. It's now the Ukraine. Their claim is that the Khazars came into contact with the Jews and, and took the faith, picked the faith up without ever interbreeding and carried the faith on. Uh, within their own, within their own, within their own uh, people. Well, we know that's not how we know that's not how things work. When people come into contact with new groups of people, it's not long before they start to interbreed. And you can't tell me that those early Jews didn't like blonde hair, blue eyed women. And you can't tell me that those early Ukrainians didn't like like uh, darker skinned, uh, uh, you know, Middle Eastern African Jews. So they they probably interbreeded. Well, if they interbreeded, no matter how far you go down the line, Adam. No matter how far you remove yourself from that black, from that blackness, you're still black. The Jews are still black. And furthermore, this brings up a, a greater conversation about race in general and how race is a scam for those who seek to organize themselves into hierarchies who have lost their faith in God. This is the real racism of the NWO. This is the real way that race is going to be formatted and structured 
in 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 this postmodern NWO uh, uh, technocratic society, right? It's 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 hey, you know what? We're we're the white Jews within a white narrative, and and if you want to go back. If you want to go back to the days of Abraham or Moses, who in the Torah it literally says was a black man, if you want to go back to those days, you're living in fairy tale fairy tale world, right? We don't have to acknowledge that that history, and there's a there's a narrative that continues to turn over on itself. Where even whiteness, let's think about whiteness. What do we mean when we say white? White, in the most part, is a, is an American con is an American construct. When you go to Europe. They don't refer to themselves as white or black. Now, there may be a cultural implicit bias towards people with darker colored skin. But if you go from northern Italy to southern Italy, you make your way from a people who are more resembling what we traditionally think is white all the way down to people who are as blacker than me in Sicily or in southern Italy. Right. So the whole complexion of the skin game is is a heresy and it's a it's a rejection of God and it's something that blacks play as well as whites and we want to have this argument about race but the real danger the real danger is that our political sovereignty our political rights the the rights of us as individuals here in this country but all around the world are threatened today and they're threatened by a new world order agenda and the new world order agenda plays directly on this race card hitler was an angry crazy white man which he was, okay? And unless we come together as a world governance, we are always in danger of a second Holocaust or another Holocaust. And the Jewish people are being exploited in that narrative. They're being used in that narrative. And, and that doesn't make me or anybody else anti-Semitic. What, what we're calling for is, is much like what we're calling Christians to do or Muslims to do. Stand up and shake your chains. Stand up and throw down the chains of your elites who mean to exploit you. So this entire narrative that's played out by Adam is one that I've seen a million times. And it's not by accident that Donald Sterling was banned and there wasn't an investigation. Why do you think the black bourgeoisie sellout Michelle Roberts never called for a formal investigation into the implications of Donald Sterling's comments? They wanted him gone. LeBron James at the time with the Players Union and Chris Paul, they, oh, ban him. That's great. That's fine for us. No problem. Get him out of here. Because they didn't want to have to answer to the implications of what would happen in a discovery and investigation of the entire NBA ownership. What was Donald Sterling's comments to his young, his young side piece who, in the, in the transcripts, he actually said out of his own mouth, Remember now, she said, I'm black. Well, I'm, I'm black and Latina, so I don't understand this hatred. I don't have that in my heart. I know it's your culture. I know it's how you grew up, but that's not in my heart. You know what his response to her was? Well, you, you can pass as a pretty little uh, Latina or mixed girl. So the, the feedback or pushback that he was getting from whoever was calling him because that's what it said, and that's what he said to her. He said, I keep getting calls about you showing up to my games with black men. Whoever was calling him had made an exception for him to bring a little, a little Latina girl because she's, I guess she, she, she passes, right? So that's crazy in and of itself. But, but what Donald Sterling said that was, that was gripping, that, that people failed to, to make note of, is that, in Israel, the Jews are treated like dogs. 
They're 50 percent. If she asked him, are, are you saying that the white Jews are, are, are more or that the black Jews are less than the white Jews? And his response is, yeah, absolutely. 50 percent less. Now, why did LeBron James and the rest of the NBA players go along and get along and shill and let that pass by without an investigation? Why did they not ask who are the people calling Donald Sterling? Saying that they don't, they don't, they don't think it's a good look for him to have a, 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 a his little side piece come to the game with black folks. Why do you think that is that they didn't want that investigation? Because they all know the truth. They're in on it. Shaq, LeBron, Stephen A., Reggie Miller, go down the li- all of them. They all know the dynamic that really exists between this anti-Jew elite and the racial connotation that it, that's there. And they're all okay with it because as long as they're getting money, they'll sit at the teat for a lifetime. They'll die on the teat. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Mr. Muslim, Mr. I may, I took a stand because I'm, I'm, I'm a Muslim man and I deserve to have my freedom of religion. He's willing to die at the teat. They got him sitting back there behind the bench on, on, on the Lakers sideline, uh, you know, back, back behind the bench. The best score of all time, he's sitting back behind the bench down at the end of the, down at the end of the uh, row. And you got Luke Walton up there coaching. And, and, you know, maybe Luke's a good coach. Not really. I don't think he was. But the point is, th- they're still punishing Kareem for being Muslim if you really want to get down to it. And he's willing to take it now. You know why? Because he has his own ambitions. He's willing to sell out. He bent the knee. And a lot of these black celebrity sellouts who clamor and cling to the, the ambition to have a Hollywood, glorious, uh, uh, attention uh, filled, uh, uh, sinful life. They they don't care if the if the white the white elite anti Jews that sit over them think of them as less. They take that as par for the course. Royce, you you mentioned Michelle Roberts. Now the MBPA, the Players Union and NBA has a new female leader, Tamika Tramiligo or something like that. I can't pronounce her last name. But I'm sitting here in stunned amazement that they could suspend Kyrie for five games without pay. That's a significant amount of money, given how much he makes. And the MBPA has said nothing. They've, they've given, offered up no resistance. This man tweeted out a graphic of a documentary and they suspended him for five and it may go longer. It's indefinitely. They want to get rid of him. And they're doing it without pay. They've reached into the guy's pocket and taken money from him over a tweet. And the players union isn't objecting. That's mind blowing to me. <laughs> no, no, J- Jason, I, I understand. It fundamentally, it's mind blowing because we would like to think that the union is actually a union. There is no players union. There is no players union. It's a frugazi. The whole thing is a scam. The the players union is headed by Chris Paul, Mr. State Farm Insurance, Mr. Bring DeAndre Jordan to put a wig on. And that's me helping my boy out, get some money. These people have already shown who they are. They're not willing to stand on any. They're only willing to stand if the narrative is already laid up for them. And go to the NBA players union. Go to CAA's front page. And see how they got Dwayne Wade and and the little boy uh, sprawled, uh, you know, uh, spread across the front page of CAA's website. Who is CAA? This is the union. I mean, these are the same people. 
the the collective bargaining, I, I know the people at the union personally. I know Ron Klempner personally. He's a friend of mine. He also happens to be a Jew. And and I like Ron Klempner. I've had many conversations with Ron Klempner over the years. Most people won't even know who he is, but he's basically the 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 attorney that's in charge of collective bargaining uh at the at the union. And 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 he knows. He he knows what the deal is. He knows that none of these black athletes will stand up when the time comes. We've had those conversations before. I had a person at the union tell me before when we asked the question, why don't these guys start their own league? When I asked that question, I called after the Donald Sterling situation and said, why won't these guys start their own league? You know what the response was? They're comfortable with white men in charge. And I thought that was racist at the time. But after about seven days, it sank in. They're right. As as racist as it may sound, they're actually right. We haven't made a decision to break away from from the establishment. We we talk about being anti-establishment, but we're not. And let let me bring it full circle for you when we talk about NWO, because this is the thing that I think everybody wants to dance around. For a very blatant reason, who is Joseph Tsai? Mr. Alibaba, Mr. Chinese multinational Amazon uh, technology company. Mr. I threw money down to support the the surveillance and the prosecution, persecution and genocide of the Uyghurs, another cultural minority who happens to be Muslim in faith. Well, what's the connection between the CCP and the anti-Jews? Karl Marx. Very simple to see. Karl Marx, Communist Manifesto, Communist China, the Chinese Communist Party, who Joseph Tsai openly and admittedly supports. He's a communist. These people have infiltrated all of the institutions of our country, and we sit back and act like it's benign or like it's casual or like it's innocent. It's not innocent. This guy is an admitted supporter of the Chinese Communist Party and and their vision of of the world today and their vision of the future, which is antithetical to the American way. It's antithetical to, and it's not just him. It's a bunch of, LeBron James too, and, and Adam Silver too. They've all bent the knee to China. They've all bent the knee to communism. And what they'll have you believe is that communism is different than liberalism. But let's unpack that for one moment. History. Never forget your history. If you can't talk about a people's history and their culture, you can't talk about people. And this is what the anti-Jews mean to do. They mean to eradicate history so that they can rewrite it any way they want. That's how tyrants think. That's how authoritarianism blossoms in a, in a communist society. Let's go back to the original four heresies of the West. The scientific method, democracy, computer technology, and the fourth is going to be artificial intelligence. Why do I bring up the scientific method? Because liberalism and communism both stem back to a post-Enlightenment Renaissance era that was birthed from Rene Descartes and 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 um and and Francis and and the you know the, the Renaissance era. Liberalism and communism both came from the same place. I contend, it's my theory of the case, that there's no such thing as liberalism. That liberalism was always a scam. Liberalism was always a way to get a, a populace's guard down to accept author- the, the, the slow encroachment of authoritarian and tyrannical governance. The liberals that we have, today, look at Rachel Maddow. Is she a liberal or is she a communist? What's the difference? What's the difference? What they'll tell you is that the difference is the economic class philosophy But what I'm here to tell people and hope people understand going into this election 
next week is that liberalism and communism have the same spiritual goals. They have the same spiritual aims towards man. Remove God from society and slowly move the power and the governance into a constraint group of elites that is far removed from the everyday average American or, or average uh, citizen or person. Liberalism, communism, and the third one that came from the post-Enlightenment era was neoclassicism. And who is Joseph Tsai? A billionaire running around in America with his, with, his, with his loyalties to China, and he came from Hong Kong, and he owns a basketball team like a piece of art. And on his Twitter, all he's doing is posting, posting videos of, uh, of his basketball team like it's, a, like it's an action figure, and he's a 13-year-old schoolboy. Neoclassicism, an infatuation with art, an infatuation with, <laughs> with, material, with material inventions and material goods. These are who these people are. They're communists. Let's just say it. Royce, weekend's here. You've given me a lot to think about, as always. Uh, good job, as always. You've got my brain spinning. Uh, I'll be marinating all weekend. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, as always. Uh, we'll play some tomorrow. We'll see you next week. My sister, no relation, we all just wanna have freedom Sitting on the corner, never been alone I'm breaking my back for freedom Bless, we are living, get back We are receiving all the seeds when we all wanna be free We want freedom I just want, I wanna be, I 